Hey guys, welcome back. My name is Shubhag and you're listening to SR Fit Talks. The goal with each of these podcasts is to bring out as much as value add content. Well, today I have with me Dennis Vasilev. He's from US. I mean, uh, what do I tell about him? He is 11 times world champion, kettlebell world champion. He's an athlete, he's a coach and he holds the world record for 101 repetitions of long cycle, which means 101 times without taking a break he has done clean and jerk and that's not a joke and that with 32 kgs double hand my god that's some crazy crazy records there i mean he sleeps uh, kettlebells he eats uh, kettlebells for breakfast and that is all he does every time if you talk to him all he does is talk about kettlebells so today i'm very 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 excited to have him on my show and without further ado let's welcome dennis oh thank you thank you so much Thanks so much for, for inviting me. Uh, yeah, as you said, uh, never a wrong time to talk about kettlebells. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, uh, can you please tell me a brief about you? Like, where were you born and uh, how were you settled in US? Were you from US or did you move in? And when did you start kettlebell training? Yeah, well, I was born in Russia. I'm from Russia originally. Wow. Uh, well, and that's what I've, uh, I've learned uh, about kettlebell sport. Uh, start my professional career there. Uh, I joined the uh, Russian national team. Well, I mean, I was uh, qualified because it was a long and hard way uh, to get there. But uh, 2008, I was qualified for Russian national team. And uh, the moment I was accepted there, um, I never uh, took a second, pla- uh, second place even once. And I was a member of a team in in double long cycle 32s uh, up till 2015 uh, so that was kind of uh well we can say a kind of a duty part of the career and i was serving for national team It was a huge responsibility but great school also um, and uh, well up till now the toughest uh, competition requirements from uh, IUKL uh, that was the organization where um Uh, but then I was uh, was competing, uh, so I won uh, seven world championships, uh, uh, six European championships, and oh. uh, seven uh, uh, Russian championships uh, back yeah. then. Uh, and uh, 2017, I moved to states because I feel like uh, well, kind of mission was complete. About uh, you know serving for the national team was uh, well, feel like ima- enough amount of uh, victories, uh, and all of them was was in a row. Uh, and I mean, it was, uh, like if, if there are any requirements of, uh, you know, uh, absolute sport ranks, so all of them were, were achieved. Uh, so that's why and I feel like, um, I want to do something more. Uh, and, uh, well, very, very soon, uh, like, I don't know, maybe after a few years of my, uh sport career i've realized that i'm enjoying a lot also uh, uh teaching and uh, coaching work right uh, and actually um i started teaching uh, internationally 2010 mm-hmm. and that's actually where i i met my um best uh, uh, uh one of my best friends uh, international friends uh now ambassadors uh, of their sport and then countries uh There are countries from the United States, from Australia, from Europe. Um, well, John Wilde, I've met in St. Peter 2010. And now we are um, uh, business partners and friends still here in California and Orange Kettlebell Club. 
Um, so uh, I started really enjoying the um, teaching kettlebell sport, and I really was enjoying uh, uh, watch it grow internationally. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like there are lots of potential there, and I saw lots of love uh, and curiosity to the sport, uh, but kind of lack of information on both sides, technique and training methodology. And I just feel like I want to dedicate myself to to it. I want to dedicate myself to popularization of kettlebell sport all over the world. Uh, well, in the United States in particular. So that was the, the main reason why I moved. And uh, since then, um, I haven't stopped lifting. Uh, I'm pretty much going the the same pace. And, uh, well, my peak was, as you mentioned, 101. Should be exact 102 reps. It was just a bit of a, a clicker uh, and timers uh, glitch. Oh. But it was uh, just the yeah, <laughs> absolute best uh performance wow. ever period it was just excellent it was nine nine minutes of 10 reps and last minute 12 so it was a wow. amazing set um well it was my honest um, dream or goal you know to crack this 100 reps and i actually done it second time just a week after uh, in front of my coach in san pete i did 100 reps exactly so wow. i kind of i break this um this three digit twice uh, and that took lots of lots of effort uh, and, and energy from my side. And I've tried, well, kind of a good shot was once in 2017. I've tried it again, but uh, I ended up with 94 reps. Uh, and uh, uh, again, it was just like extraordinary push on my um, best uh, uh, conditions, but uh, kind of a cruising uh, result that I feel like is very... Uh, very solid and uh, something that I want to stick with is a range of 90 reps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's what I'm. T- you spoke about the time limit. So, is there a time limit given for this? Like when you have to do 100 reps or something, for example, is it like you have to do it in within 20 minutes or something like that during the competition? Uh, 10 minutes. 10 minutes. It's all about 10 minutes. <laughs> Wow! Oh, and you've got one reps in 10 minutes! Yes. My God! That is next level stuff, man. So cool! Amazing! Wow! Well, it's, it's actually it's something that uh, makes it uh, safe, I think, uh, when you have uh, also uh, particular restrictions about uh, uh, time and pace because that means that you really can handle it. But uh, yeah, that's, that's just 10 minutes. You know, when you just look on it, it feels like just such a short <laughs> amount of time, but it takes lots to get ready for it. Yeah, because you it's not just about lifting, but also you'll have to learn about the pacing. How will you pace? Will you go fast? Because if you go fast initially, then you might get tired during the end and you might not be able to get the numbers, right? All of these things matter, right? And And how do you... How do you, um, as an athlete, train for that? Well, kettlebell sport is a uh, is a skill sport. It's it's a strength uh, is matter, and you need to be uh, strong. But that's a very small part of the mm-hmm. of the game, and most of your time you're perfecting your skills and and lifting technique. Uh, and uh, while it's as complicated as it can get, it's a uh, well. Uh, you, if you saw a long cycle, you know, try that yourself. Uh, so that's uh, quite a many phases uh, this exercise have, and they all should just work uh, perfect uh, together. 
should be a perfect balance uh, and transition from one phase to another. And uh, it just, uh, well, that's called a cyclic uh, movement uh, where you multiply this, you know, long cycle movement, 100 reps, and uh, they should be identical. It's more identical the reps as better chances you have to multiply them for higher uh, higher amount uh, and uh, well and uh, well there are there are techniques methods training methods uh, I actually through the years of my work and uh, experience working with uh, several coaches uh, kind of organized also kind of my my vision of a training methodology and I've published my book. Uh, over five years ago, and I actually am about to release a new edition, second edition of my training methodology book, and actually a technique uh, of um, uh, kettlebell sport exercises uh, tutorial also is coming soon. So I kind of I'm, I'm super excited about this um, these two books. I think it will be very useful for kettlebell lifters uh, all over the world, uh, beginners and, and professionals, because I'm kind of trying to fill it up with pretty much all of the knowledge and experience I've gained through the years. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite complicated, but one step at a time, you know, basic rules and patience, uh, because uh, anything decent in this life, you, you cannot get it just, you know, in a, um, in a glance. So it's, it takes, it takes years. Right. And Dennis, uh, at what age did you start kettlebell training and why kettlebell training? Because, See, in Russia, there are a lot of other sports which people do, right? Like, for example, Olympic weightlifting or any other sport. Why, so why did you choose kettlebell training? Uh, I started in 1999. Uh, and I was um, 16 back then. Uh, 16 years old. It was 24th right away. It was six, now 16. 16 for girls. Well, I mean, that's not what I think now. That's what... I was told back then. <laughs> so um, uh, that was uh, quite a rough, well, I mean, uh, no joke start with uh, like, well, I mean, if I'm working with teenagers now, they start with 12s. Uh, mm. And yeah, I just, I, I started with 24. Wow. And uh, well, I, I survived and um, I made it. <laughs> at all, but I think it was uh, not exactly the best way to to start the the training process. But um, uh, the reason why I started is uh, well, it's uh, uh, honestly I wasn't a big fan of it. it. It's not like you know I was dreaming to become a kettlebell lifter. I was a mixed martial artist actually from age six. Uh, well, I kind of I started um, uh, with karate. For a year or so, and then I did the kickboxing for about three, four years, and then I meet a coach in um, it's called a head hand to hand combat or a rukapashni boy uh, in Russia. That's called so it's 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 pretty much well we can say that it's kind of like a kind of like a uh, like a mixed fights now, but a little bit softer version of it, uh, something that was before. That because uh, it's pretty much the same uh, amount of punches you can you can do in wrestling, but it was uh, uh, helmets and, uh, and uh, chest uh, protection vests and, uh, and shank protections and kimonos we were wearing. Uh, so it wasn't that that brutal uh, what we see now, uh, but it was 
yeah, full full contact, um, uh, fists, elbows, uh, knees, legs, wrestle, uh, all this stuff. Um, uh, so that's that's what I was doing for like ten years. By the time I get sixteen years old, uh, I became a sixteen years old. But then, uh, high school, I kind of just get uh, interested with uh, weightlifting, and uh, Schwarzenegger is a big part of it. Arnold, uh, I saw his Terminator two movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, drop my jaw on the floor. <laughs> yeah, it took me time to pick it up. Uh, so uh, yeah, it really strikes me, and uh, I really wanted to establish a strength and you know just this uh, athletic figure. So I start attending the gym, uh, the gymnasium in school, and, and that's where it was a kind of a cast for school team for kettlebell sport. And again, back then I didn't really know what it's about, and I saw that it's just another way of weightlifting. Okay, let's say, and there's a competitions going, so I said, why not? Let's try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how it started. Uh, I didn't like it, like the, even the training process, because it requires uh, lots of endurance, mobility, and that wasn't my strong um, cards. Uh, uh, so, uh, well, I mean, even being mixed martial artist, we, we, we did some endurance work, but... Uh, uh, I mean, it 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 were t- taking me effort to just put myself together and just go to a stadium and run and work on my endurance. But at some point, I just realized that um, that's the rules of the game. And if you want to be good in it, you need to run. So I, <laughs> I stick with it. Uh, so um, yeah, that's that's how it started. Nice. And uh, so from that day, have you? been training every single day and is it only with kettlebell is what you train or you do other modes of training as well which is included as part of your training well this uh my first years uh about like 2000 from 2000 to 2005 was kind of transitional phase where i still was uh an occasion kind of invited to mixed martial art competitions uh uh and then also my coach, my first coach, he was an arm wrestling coach as well. So he kind of teach me basics of arm wrestling. So I did a bit of arm wrestling also and attended several competitions in, in a few years in arm wrestling. Uh, it was an interesting sport. I have lots of uh, respect to it. Um, but uh, the moment I uh, get close to master of sport, rank uh, it was 2003 2004 i realized that it's time for me to to pick the one sport that i want to be good at and again in my hands was kind of a three ways or get back to mixed martial arts or i know give a shot in arm wrestling or stick with kettlebell sport and um i just decided to be a kettlebell lifter and since then uh i focused 100 percent on it and that was my first priority but uh of course, there are additional exercises. That's what called uh, what I call it now uh, GPP or SPP, the general physical preparation, uh, and that's a barbell work. Um, and even this experience that I've gained uh, doing uh, uh, weightlifting, um, uh, it, it helps. I still I'm still using it and, and still classic exercises in my routine, squats and, and dips and push-ups and pull-ups and uh, even bench press uh, well, uh, with, with some adjustments, like narrow grip, uh, lighter weights, um, higher repetitions, but uh, I still do all of these uh, well-known exercises. 
Awesome. Now coming to the general population, right? So all of this was training for the competition. What I want to understand is how different is it uh, training for competition versus doing kettlebell training just for the general population for their health and fitness? Well, kettlebell sport uh, lately, well, I would say maybe the last 20 years, um, become quite popular and, you know, its popularity is growing and, and also growing uh, kind of amount of exercises you can do with that because uh, lots of uh, coaches, enthusiasts, they uh, put lots of thinking about it, what you can do with this tool, and they came up with a new type of movements uh, with mm-hmm. kettlebells uh, and uh well, at least here in States, there is a saying, a hard style, kettlebells and, and sport, uh, which basically means, uh, yeah, it's even probably easier to start from sport. That uh, Sport, it's still uh, three exercises. That's a long cycle, that's a jerk, and that's a snatch. And hard style, that's pretty much the rest of it. Uh, all kinds of exercises. It can be uh, uh, swings, it can be uh, Turkish get-ups, uh, it can be presses, it can be all kinds of swings, uh, multiple hand switches. Uh, uh, and so <clears throat> this, uh, well, we, we can say also not a hard style, we can say it's a fitness, kettlebell sports, kettlebell fitness with kettlebell. And when you do fitness with kettlebell, uh, then training routine is very different. It's, uh, uh, there are no competitions, uh, in, in such events. Well, only, I don't know, with the exceptions, uh, such, uh, well, kind of, it's a very small part, but, uh, CrossFit, I know that they, in occasion, can do snatches, uh, uh, so we can say that it's kind of a competitions, but, uh, uh, as far as I know, uh, they do, uh, quite a short amount of time compared to kettlebell sport. I don't know, maybe 30 snatches per arm uh, with quite a heavy kettlebell. Um, so their, uh, their technique is very different from kettlebell sport technique. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but that's that's pretty much it. Uh, and, and that's affect your training routine because you when you don't have a target of uh, going 10 minutes nonstop, the way you organize workouts is different and mostly guys looking for a quite a quick... Uh, mm, pump in their muscles so it's kind of you know exercises organized the way that you know you you feel your glutes right away or you feel your know, biceps right away you feel your triceps right away uh it's, you know muscle activation kind of like a bodybuilding approach um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is i think great if you're again, just looking for a uh, fitness uh, alternative of uh, you know your known fitness exercises, uh, but uh, when it comes to kettlebell sport, that the whole different story. That's a survival game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not about what you feel; it's about what you end up with. And uh, there are competitions is a big part of it, and uh, competitions uh, uh, establishing the standards. What considered as a good performance and what's, well, we cannot say not good, but professional, amateurs, beginners. Uh, it's proved by competition and sweat, you know, what considered a cool result and what's, you know, just uh, not, not a cool result yet. And again, if we're talking about a long cycle with double 32s, 
So hundred reps is a cool result, you know, because it's very few people in the world can do it. Uh, and well, it, yeah, it, it's a reps. So I would say that uh, it's uh, very few people in the world who did uh, over 100 reps. It's, I think it's like less than 10 people through the whole history of capable sport uh, ever. Uh, you know, less than fingers uh, on my hands. Uh, uh, and then 90 reps, uh, there's more guys did that, but also it's considered a very, very great result. I don't know, maybe that's 90 plus reps. I don't know maybe 20 guys, 25, through the whole history of the sport. Uh, and then 80 reps. And that's a bit more more crowd. Still great result, but I would say maybe 100 people, maybe even more than 80 reps. Um, well, and, and so far and so forth. So then uh, when you started and you did two reps, you say, okay, I have, uh, I know, 78 reps to go. To, I know, to international level or to give a shot, you know, and, and, and face strongest lifters in the world. Nah. So it's, it's more, uh, obvious and particular goals you're going for. It's not just the size of your biceps or, you know, diameter, um, or, uh, perimeter of your waist. Uh, it's just your, your performance. What you can do with this belt. And it's, it's, uh, for someone, it might be a drawback, but, uh, uh, kind of the way you look, it doesn't really matter yeah. uh, in kettlebell sport. It, it doesn't matter how cool it Well, it's actually kind of true of any sport. Mixed martial arts, you know, not not all of the fighters have this Apollon type of body. You know, some yeah. guys have a, you know, a fair belly, uh, <laughs> but their strike is so hard that right. they're knocking out, you know, any prettiest, uh, you know, like uh, an athletic guy. And that's what matters in their sport. Uh, uh, so in kettlebell sport, it's it's the same thing that uh, it's just a performance, performance, and uh, your your uh, ability to lift bells. It's it's not only your physique, but it's also lots of your mental strengths. Uh, I mean, it takes everything you possibly can 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 get from 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 being a human. It's a character, it's a mobility, it's your it's your skill, it's your wisdom. Uh, uh, so that's why, you know, even some guys who maybe doesn't have this perfect body, but they have a super tough, uh, mentality and just in general, a very good, uh, health, you know, maybe they're not super strict with their diet, but they just super strong and they just kicking ass. Uh, so, uh, so that's why, uh, uh, maybe why kettlebell sport is not, uh, that popular. Yeah, because you in occasion see maybe, I know if you're looking for a role model, maybe not, you know, you see the guy and it's not exactly how he wants to look like. Yeah. Even uh, it's really good for your life. It's very good for your health. Uh, mm. uh, but, uh, uh, well, and again, you know, your physique is, uh, is something that, uh, uh, you sympathize to and uh, are, uh, someone really doesn't care how he looks and someone, does and uh, if that's you know something that's important for you you definitely can adjust your training routine you know the way also it it's not only makes you uh you know a tough athlete but also a very athletic looking person and uh that's also uh you know there is no magic there you you start you start paying attention to your diet you know, you don't have a complete, you know, mess and random in your 
your uh, meals and plus you also you know choose uh, additional exercises that helps you to you know improve some particular muscles uh, yeah, and uh, you go with it awesome so two questions when did kettlebell sport actually start because i don't know the history of it and uh, you spoke about the nutrition so for an athlete competing at such elite level like, like yourself how important is nutrition mm. uh records of the first competitions uh the kettlebell sport competitions going from uh, late 40s mm. uh late 40s in in soviet union wow. uh and that was a biathlon uh jerk jerk and snatch uh long cycle was found that much later in early 90s so it's it's fairly new exercise uh, uh and uh it was only men's male sport after 2000 so first competitions for female was 2001 and girls were doing snatch only with 16 wow uh, and then uh and then about 2010 2011 was the first competitions where girls start doing doubles actual orange kettlebell club is the club who was pioneering double bells for girls and hosting the one of the first competitions for uh uh female double long cycle double jerk so that's kind of you know, most important um dates uh for kettlebell sport uh, but when it comes to diet um Myself, now um stop taking any uh, supplements 2000, in 2015, last uh, seven years. Uh, well, luckily being in California, enjoying just organic food, you know, fruits all year long, vegetables. Uh, well, and I'm kind of, uh, I haven't restrictions in my diet. I'm just trying to go organic. So I'm, I'm eating meat, I'm eating fish. Uh, so just, just trying to go organic. But, uh, uh, moments I was in, uh, well, period of time I were in, in uh, national team, uh, supplements that I felt helpful kind of because now i'm looking on it i think that it was still more of a, like a placebo effect and uh more of a, just a mental shield uh because of just all of the stress you're just so scared mm. uh just to go up in, in step in this world championship being uh the representative of your country the best guy from russia you know step on the platform you just kind of scared to screw up and you really wants to, I don't know, just um, seek for more confidence. Uh, and, well, supplements, one of the things you think, oh, I will take this and I will be super strong. But, well, again, what um, kind of works is uh, vitamins, uh, vitamin C, B1, B6, B12. Uh, I was taking additional uh, vitamins uh, because, again, in kettlebell sport, uh, it's about um, uh, metabolism and about your body handling uh well all of the chemistry processes going on in your body the the reaction of your brain brain should be sharp and quick and uh, well and digestion should go well and, and blood circulation should be good enough so and vitamins is just what uh support all of these uh processes uh so that's why it just feels like uh it just um keeps you uh, sharp 
and then uh, some uh, uh, heart supplements. Uh, it's uh, it's called uh, Riboxin. Well, it's, it's Russian names, but Riboxin Panagin. It's basically kind of a kind of fast, um, uh, uh, magnesium. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a basic uh, supplements to support the heart muscle uh, because it's, it's an endurance sport. Uh, yeah, so that was uh, what I was taking. Well, and it was uh, prescribed by, uh, approved by uh, sport doctors. Uh, and again, this, this uh, whole uh, membership was organized pretty well, actually, because we, we were uh, assigned to uh, Olympic uh, Medicine Center where uh, our health was checked twice a year, heart, blood pressure. And so, uh, uh, so it was kind of on the doctor's supervision occasional. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, so that's, that's the supplements I was going through. National team, just the vitamins and uh, Sribaxin, Panangin. Uh, before that, I was, um, uh, well, I started, Kind of, um, my whole kind of a coaching career as a personal trainer. Uh, I started working in the gym 2005, uh, and it just was one of the requirements of the of your job to know well, you know, the shelf of all these like uh, proteins, you know, um, uh, carbs, uh, creatine, like all this uh, kind of you know uh, amino acids. Well, kind of a classic, uh, you know, this bodybuilding supplements and. Uh, uh, there was a period of time at the beginning, especially when I did more of weightlifting, you know, um, mixing a protein shakes, uh, and then, um, yeah, amino acids, uh, 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 creatine, but, um, I don't know. Again, it's just right now I'm looking on it. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure that that was the case, uh, and, and reason of my success. It was, well, kind of like more like a passion. Cool looking, or with a shake, you know, just drink this protein shake. And uh, um, I don't know, I, I never felt being in in position where like uh, I was so exhausted or so mm-hmm. broken by my training routines that I totally cannot recover on my own and I need to do some supplements for it right. no it was just kind of in addition to be even cooler and have even more fun but honestly i never really felt that i really need need that uh, and uh, well maybe that's a sign that the kettlebell sport is uh, maybe not on this level yet that is pushing our limits you know that hard because um the uh the competition is uh, uh pushing uh well making us pushing the limits and uh you know the uh, dif- uh, the difficulty or or uh, I don't know, uh level of your opponents uh because uh let's say if there were three four five more guys mm-hmm. like me with hundred reps mm-hmm. who can do hundred reps mm-hmm. I don't know to which direction it will push me and then probably you know uh, i've realized that okay it's not enough to work out three times a week mm-hmm. and have a good sleep and and eat uh, you know fresh fruits and vegetables and i don't know i really need more proteins i really need more calories uh, um whatever whatever it is uh, uh 
and I really need to push my limits even harder, but um, it, it's never came to this point. So that's why uh, so far I would say that you shouldn't really worry about it. Mm-hmm. If advice to, to, you know, to guys who wants to start, that's for sure not something you will start with. Yeah. Just, just live your life, you know, responsibly. Right. Don't drink alcohol. Don't smoke. Uh, eat, eat. Uh, decent, decent food, you know, just look for uh, proteins, carbs, and vitamins, you know, have just a, it's just a good uh, healthy diet. Um, and don't skip the workouts because okay. if you work out once a week and then, you know, have a bunch of a sport uh, supplements, uh, well, that's not how you all became a champion. All right. And uh, now let's get into the technique of, of training, right? So, in, in kettlebell training, we keep our elbows tucked into our belly, into our stomach, right? At least that's what I was told when I did my kettlebell training. And um, I've seen your videos as well. So we are tucking it in. Why is that? Is there a reason for it? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, fundamentals of, uh, well, uh, you, you stack your elbows either doing jerk or long cycle. Yeah, and that's usually before the jerk phase when you're lifting bells to over the head exactly. position. And and uh, fundamentals, uh, basics of this uh, technique are going from Olympic weightlifting, actually. And sorry, yeah, to if you, sorry to cut huh? you. Sorry to cut you there. Uh, one more thing just to add to that, right? In uh, Olympic weightlifting, like we're talking, or any other sport, hyperextension of your hips is is what we tell don't do. But in kettlebell training, we actually take our hips way ahead of what we usually take in other sports, right? Uh, so why is that also, if you can add on that too? Thank you. Uh, can you explain a bit more what you mean by extending the hips? Extending the hips. So what I mean is if this is our body, we take our hips slightly like this during the jog phase, right? Our hips are way beyond our body. So that's what we, uh, like the position is like this, where hips are slightly ahead of our body. Why is that? Is uh-huh. it for us to help uh, push it, uh, push the kettlebell mm-hmm. ahead? Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, in Olympic, well, and I'm uh, taking this example because probably more people saw uh, Olympic weightlifting jerk rather than kettlebell jerk. Uh, ah, so okay. I'm going to feel like it maybe, maybe it will be a little bit brighter example, but uh, uh, when you see Olympic weightlifting jerk, guys pushing this bar up uh, and it's uh, the the bar lying on their chest right uh well and that's simply because of the tool because barbell is one piece because it's a bar with a weight uh and they're just a comfortable spot to to hold this bar they clean it and they land it on their chest uh, and then the drive goes from the hips from the legs right they're not you know you, well, it, it used to be a press exercise, but the weights was way lighter, you know, twice as light. Uh, and when we're talking about lifting the, the heaviest weight over your, over your head, that should be a legs drive movement. So that's why, you know, they hold the bar on the chest, they slightly bend their legs, they kick, extend, and goes up. Uh, in jerk, in kettlebell jerk, it's a, a very similar idea, but again, because of the, of the weights, because it's a two kettlebells round shape, with the handles not attached to each other anyhow 
it's simply just not comfortable to hold them on the chest, even if you want to do the jerk from this face with a straight back. It just uh, it, it it's yeah. not not balanced enough, and plus also uh, because we wants to multiply, right. because uh, uh, in Olympic weightlifting uh, the the way is only up. You made it to the top, you get rid of the bar. They they not teach you how to drop the bar, uh, and that's actually also a very uh, important part of the lifting. It's uh, at some point, it might be even scarier uh, than going up, and uh, it requires lots of lots of skill because you hear you wants to overrun the the gravity. Uh, you need to think so fast that it will be quicker than falling, you know, thirty kilogram kettlebell towards your chest. Uh, uh, so, so because of uh, because of all these things, uh, uh, kind of. Well, it's you know, a long history way before me, but what first kettlebell lifters came up with is to stack elbows on the pelvis. Uh, thanks to kettlebells, because they are not attached, they can kind of slide to the side and you can stretch your shoulder forward and you can reach the pelvis. Uh, and as soon as you reach the pelvis, it means that uh, you're not carrying the, the weight uh, on your frame anymore. You're not carrying the weight on your, on your chest anymore. There is no any impact on your on your uh, backbone. Uh, that's something you cannot avoid lifting a barbell because if you're carrying it on the chest, chest is uh, above the backbone, and that's why you need to straighten your back. You need to place one vertebra on top of another, make some sort of you know straight pole that will hold all of this load, and that's why it's prohibited to relax your back to not hurt to not hurt it. Uh, uh, and that's something that at first, uh, especially guys with experience in weightlifting, kind of scared and have no trust. Uh, when they see kettlebell lifting, they say, what are you doing? You're killing yourself. How you can <laughs> relax your back, you know, how you can lift weights like that. Um, um, but simple reason is that elbow. When elbow is stuck on the pelvis uh, and, and kettlebell in our hands, so the, the weight transition is go through the bone of the forearms so there is no no joints really so if a kettlebell here right on the wrist then the next uh, the end of the bone is the elbow which stand on the pelvis which is a huge piece of a bone also and then again only two bones left uh, your hip and your low leg huge massive thick bones uh, and when they um uh, how I say, uh, placed properly, straight legs um, and weight on the pelvis. So that's how you don't feel actually much weight on your chest at all. That's how, that's why we can rest in the, in, it's called the rec position. Now we can breathe and, and, and be quite comfortable and hold these bells for quite a long period of time, minutes, minutes and minutes. Um, well, and again, this is how you deal with the static phase and then um, kind of a tricky part or what takes skill is to not get tempted to use your arms and still maintain these elbows attached to pelvis. And when you do the jerk, you're kicking this elbow. So you're not really thinking about the schedule in your hand and you're using your arm muscles, but you're, you're dealing with your elbow. 
and your forearm is basically like a, like a barrel uh, of a gun and you think, okay, where you want to shoot now? And if you want to have kettlebells like over your head, so you need to place your forearm, you know, on the proper angle and then you kick it and it goes up. Uh, and then that's the way how you drop it also. You, you, you direct your elbow, you aim into your pelvis. Mm-hmm. When you're ready to, to drop the bells, you need to, um, target your pelvis. And when if elbows will land there, again, there will be no impact on your chest, on your low back, will feel fairly comfortable and safe. Uh, and if you all ignore these rules, well, that's what might cause some low back discomfort, upper back discomfort, and uh, thanks to kettlebell sports that it's not, uh, that the weight's not going up um, uh, endlessly, you know, uh, heaviest you can go 32 kilogram. Uh, again, I was saying that, uh, if, uh, if you do it, uh, if you do it right, then it will work. If you will not pay attention to this, uh, technique details. So that's how you might, you know, mm. build up the discomfort in your, in your low back, in your upper back. Uh, but again, what I said that even, uh, you know, if you do it really wrong, uh, weights are not that extreme, you know, even if you, you know, lifting 32 kilogram bells, it's still like so light compared to Olympic weightlifting. So uh, that's why it's quite a forgiving and uh, quite a safe. I mean, it's, um, you really need to work hard to injure yourself in the sport. You need to try really hard. <laughs> but if you, if you honestly will try to figure it out, you most likely will figure it out and you'll be fine. And and there's one more thing, right? When it comes to kettlebell training, the breathing is a little different from all the other sports. And for example, if you take Olympic weightlifting, you are holding your breath most of the time. Like for example, from the floor till your shoulders, you're not taking any breath. It's just one step of breath and then you hold it here. And then from here again, you leave the breath out again, you hold it and then you take it over your head. But in kettlebell, for every swing or for every uh, jerk, there is... A breath and then even when you're bringing the weight down you you're breathing in in sips so um can you tell me the idea behind that is it because you're doing it for cycles like for reps you want to maintain that is that why mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 that's a that's exactly all right thinking that it's a because of a cyclic uh, uh, spe- uh specific of the of this of this movement and uh the time lengths it's a time lengths uh based uh uh performance it's 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 quite long uh uh if we're talking about olympic weightlifting you you theoretically can do the whole thing without a single breath uh it's uh well i mean if you will not stay too long in the in the with the bar on your chest if you'll jerk it right away it can be just a <clears throat> matter of couple seconds uh and it's a super heavy weight uh, but in kettlebell sport, uh, it's minutes, minutes and minutes, and you uh, needs to somehow uh, survive in such environment, an environment of occasionally swinging and lifting the spells over your head. Uh, and like the way I'm see, I see it, my my oh, workouts or even competition set that uh, I'm kind of just living my life in this set. I'm breathing, I'm paying attention, I'm thinking, I'm watching, uh, and it's maybe quite an extreme, um, 
conditions uh, that I'm lifting, if it's associated to quite a heavy weight, but still uh, the static phases, that's what um, helps me to reset. So uh, uh, when it comes to breathing, uh, there is no phase where you hold your breath. That's mostly kind of a beginner's uh, yeah. uh, mistake when they're holding their breath, when they, let's say, clean bells on their chest uh, because they're not landing elbows properly and bells striking in their chest. So that's why they contract the muscles and hold it. Uh, but that uh, kicks in the heart rate uh, a lot. And that's why it all feels so hard. Mm-hmm. Not only because uh, kettlebells is hard, but they're not breathing properly. Uh, they have lack lack of oxygen, and that increases their heart rate, and that makes them feel very uncomfortable. Uh, kind of, you know, at some point can be some panic. Also, that oh, oh, if I will not drop these bells down, I will totally choke myself, or you know, my I get a heart attack. Uh, but uh, that's why technique is always first, and uh, that's why it's important to start very light. And learn uh, well um, uh, mechanical movements, how to move, and also learn how to breathe. And when you establish this uh, uh, these skills, well, then you're building up the weight. Ah, exactly. So, so when you're learning the skills, you always learn it with lightweight, right? And then you yes. Yeah. Okay, great. So let's say uh, you are competing right now at a very elite level, okay, and uh, you are lifting at 32. But then if you feel that there, or if your coach feels that there's something that needs to be improved in the technique, do you again come back to 24s and then do it and then go to 32 or how is it? I'm uh, constantly uh, come back to light weights. Um, well, that's that's a part of a capable sport uh, preparation that um, I'm uh, measuring here by training cycles. Right. And training cycle, that's a uh, um, well, kind of a, physiologically proved lengths of uh, increasing the intensity and volume of your your physical work and it's up to 12 weeks long so basically all year breaks in 12 weeks well eight eight to 12 weeks depends how how hard this competition so uh it means that year consists of about five six training cycles uh and which means it's about five six uh, decent competitions it can be more kind of on your way, but it means that there will be a light and like a serious ones where you can be really ready for it. Well, it's about five, six because you need eight, 12 weeks to get ready for them. Uh, and when one training cycle is done, uh, next training cycle always start with the lightweights. Uh, so I am reset to light kettlebells five, six times a year, <laughs> drop to lights. Uh, so... In total, uh, when I look on my whole year of uh, uh, lifting, uh, with 32s, I spent less than half of a year uh, in total. It's only like last month before competitions at 32s, but before I start with 16s, and then 20s, and then 24s. Like uh, right now, for instance, um, I mean, our current training cycle, I'm at, uh, I just finished, uh, uh, well, uh, Three weeks ago uh, was uh, California Open IKO World Championship, where I did um, 87 reps of a uh, long cycle with 32s. Uh, and after that, the competitions were on Saturday, 
On Tuesday, I show up in the gym and I start my biathlon training cycle, jerk and snatch. And uh, I start with 16s. Uh, Two-minute sets of jerk with 16s, easy and fun. Uh, easy snatch, six minutes with 16. And I'm building up like right now. Well, I, I started three weeks ago. By now, my, my yesterday workout was uh, uh, jerk with 24 kilograms. Snatch with 22. So uh, I'm kind of I'm on my way. My next competitions will be on May 14th. Uh, it will be a Crazy Monkey USA competitions in Everett. Uh, and I'm planning to compete there in biathlon 32 kilograms, uh, 10 minutes, 10-minute uh, jerk, 10-minute snatch. So I still have a uh, month and a half to go. So uh, I'm... Like you're still competing and you plan to compete in the future as oh, well? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm still keep going. I'm still uh, uh, demonstrating the well, my average results through like what I was holding in my in my career. Like this, uh, when I was a national team, my victories in this IUKL World Championship was uh, somewhere in between like 80 and 90 reps. Like last uh, last three World Championships, 2013, 14, and 15, it was 90 reps, 91, and 90. So, and I just, uh, like, at the beginning of the year, I did 90 reps of long cycle. And then on Kale Open, in three weeks, I did 87. So, I mean, I'm pretty much on the same level still uh, for a second decade. And how old are you now? If I may uh, uh, uh Yeah, I'm 1983, so this year I will be 39. Uh, I'm so 38 full years. Yeah. No. Nice, nice. Awesome. And, well, uh, it's, um, yeah, please sorry. go ahead. Sorry, sorry to cut you there. So uh, now coming to the shoulder stability, right? How important is shoulder stability for kettlebell training? And also the leg strength? Uh, very important. And that was something that uh, uh, I think... My story, uh, my, my, uh, because each athlete have his own issues he's working on through the career, but uh, I think the reason I'm still running and, uh, I mean, doing kettlebell sport and uh, able to demonstrate the, such strong results is because of mobility improvement. Because uh, at the young age, uh, you know, 20 years ago, uh, I was uh, strong, uh, young, and even technique wasn't perfect, but I just had this, uh, the strengths and was able to get these numbers done. But, um, it was lots of struggles. Sets was way harder, you know, uh, than I feel now about it. Uh, and it's all thanks to improving mobility. And, uh, uh, when, when there is no, uh, well, when, when you show the mobility is not advanced, well, for at least for this particular <laughs> task, you know, when it's you're able to maintain the <clears throat> locked elbow and settle shoulder, mm. uh, that's very hard place to be at, especially yeah. multiple times. Yeah. So you really need to have locked elbow and, and settle shoulders, and that's um, that's a mobility routine, uh, same as uh, legs work. Um, so um, starting. Like 2007, stretching and mobility uh, became a big part of my training routine. And um, I would say it, it takes longer time 
than kettlebell sports sets. Like kettlebell sets, you know, in workout, it's about 20 minutes. Uh, rest intervals included and stretching I do before bells for about 10 minutes. And then after bells, about 20, 25 minutes. So I, I having about like 30, 35 minutes of mobility and stretching routine every single workout. Uh, starting from 2007. Uh, uh, and uh, that's a big part of success in capable sport because it's a comfort, comfort of your static phases, how comfortable you're in the right position. And it means that comfortable means that you're able to reset your quads, your, your, um, uh, your back, uh, your triceps, your forearms. And that's what, you know, keeps you, keeps you going, uh, top fixation, these phases. So mobility is very important. And someone naturally kind of, uh, gifted and have a quite a good natural mobility. Uh, some is, someone is not. Well, but usually the guys who are flexible from the birth, uh, they, um, missing strengths a little bit and they are super technical but they need to get stronger and then strong guys they're usually a bit stiff uh, so they need to work on mobility well that's you know the the cool part of the training process that I, what i'm enjoying as a coach you know because uh working with the different students and dealing with the different issues because uh each of them missing uh different components you know uh, Someone don't need mobility routine that much and he need more strength uh, and, and vice versa, you know, endurance, you know, someone missing endurance, he's just running out of breath, uh, yeah. things like that. So then how do you, how do you work on, um, because see again, for the sport, not only muscular endurance is important because you're doing it for reps, but also cardiovascular endurance also is very important. You might have the strength to do 100 repetitions or 90 repetitions. I mean, I'm just giving an example. But if you run out of breath, then there's no point of having that strength. So how does one build that endurance? Like, do you run outside to build that endurance or you just do the same repetitive movements to build that endurance? I think last, uh, um, what's not 2022, 12. Last 15 years, my, uh, endurance routine is, uh, stable, consistent. It's a week cycles. I do, uh, three times a week. Uh, I run and I do, uh, four kilometers, five kilometers, three kilometers. That's my three runs. I kind of leaving the, the shortest run for weekend, 3K, excuse me. And then, well, I working out Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So on Tuesday, I have a four kilometers run. On, on Thursday, I have five kilometers run. And on Saturday, I have three kilometers run. And, uh, uh, well, only what I'm, um, kind of flipping sometimes is, uh, um, I, uh, like one week I can run for distance and I can just do, you know, my time, you know, in three kilometers, three kilometers done, I'm stopped or five, uh, or four or another weeks. I can go by time and I can go, uh, let's say 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 25 minutes, which will be like a, a little bit, a little bit more like 15. Like I know that three kilometers 
uh, I'm kind of average to about like um, 12 minutes, 12, 13 minutes. And then four kilometers, about 17, 18 minutes. And five kilometers, about 23, 22 minutes. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, that's my routine. And uh, it's about like 12 kilometers an hour speed. I'm trying to uh, have a strong, uh, well, <clears throat> last uh, minute or two acceleration at the end. Uh, yeah, and uh, that's this this volume of a cardio preparation makes me endure enough and comfortable doing either uh, long cycle or jerk or snatch. Uh, only uh, rare exception is uh, uh, I might uh, do occasionally a rowing uh, training cycles uh, on the concept two, and uh, it, it's actually it's it's way tougher than running. <laughs> uh, you basically even don't need a GVP when you under this routine. Uh, and I mean a routine where you're uh, getting ready for two kilometer race, yeah, Olympic distance. Um, and I think my best uh, was um, what I've done six, six thirty eight. I think my best wow. uh, for 2K on concept two. Yeah. Uh, well, that's super hard, uh, super yeah. hard, and I, I'm not doing it that often. I've done maybe four or five training cycles total, like through my career of this rowing. And for uh, like last one, I did um, maybe about a year ago, and I'm not excited yet to back to it. <laughs> it just, it just, it just too much, especially when you mix it with a kettlebell sport. I mean, it, it's 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 building your endurance, uh, great. But it just, it's just—it's uh, very tough, uh, and the running is, I feel, like a bit easier, yeah. bit more monotonous, uh, just striking directly, you know, to your general endurance. Uh, rowing is a bit more complicated technique, also, you know, the way you row. Uh, but uh, if we're talking about advice for you know guys who wants to be good in kettlebell sports, so uh, I'll say you can do other stuff. You can do. Um, like if you're in some northern countries, uh, you can do a ski running. That's a, that's a great thing. Uh, you can do rowing. Um, you can do swimming if you have, have access, consistent access to pool. Cycling you can do, but uh, running is just a golden standard. You know, it just, there is no excuses. You know, anyone can run, you know, doesn't matter where you are. And it's very effective. Uh, and yeah, I'm just, I'm just going with it. Nice. And uh, would you recommend people to do kettlebell training every day? No, no, I'm, uh, well, I mean, you see, I'm, um, uh, I'm not like I'm trying to be open-minded. I think I am open-minded person. And, you know, um, even when I think I'm certain about something, it made me think about it one more time <laughs> and try to understand, okay, what's like, what's our opinions on, on this case and the matter of how hard you work. Because let's say if you do a moderate or easy workout with kettlebells, uh, then of course you can play with it every day. Uh, why not? You know, as long as you're not te- tearing your palms and not having blisters uh, and recovering uh, from one workout to another. But uh, when it comes to uh, focused, uh, very hard, like kettlebell sport, 
you know, preparation for competitions and you're increasing the weight of kettlebells or you're planning to do it with the heaviest kettlebells. Uh, uh, I found three times a week uh, uh, programming is very effective. That's what I do all my career. And um, well, there are just several reasons for that. Uh, one is a mental because I like to have just day off uh, being off pressure of accomplishing some tough uh, challenges, you know, or um, tasks. Uh, and then uh, also uh, simply a skin uh, on your, of your palms, because if you do long cycle or snatch, you might handle the, the full volume of one workout, uh, but you might, your skin might not handle it if you do it every day. So skin needs to recover a little like this 48 hours. Well, also like a, minor bruises uh like carrying the weights on your forearms uh again your it will be fine you know if you'll do one workout and you'll have a two days rest uh but if you'll do it every day you might get short of it and you might building up you know some discomfort here uh well and then physiological recovery also uh what what you feel you know inside of your body like how sore is your muscles and all this kind of type of things uh uh, so I found the three times a week is quite a perfect, uh, okay. schedule, but, um, uh, for guys who like to work out every day, uh, they should just alternate. And, uh, let's say myself, I, I show up for my workout only three times a week, but I have a large workout two and a half, three hours long where I do kind of everything. I do warm up, bells, barbell work, cardio work, mobility. And then I'm out and I didn't even show next day. You know, I'm just totally just doing other stuff. Uh, but uh, that's sort of normal when you do, let's say, bells uh, on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then on your rest days, um, you will do a barbell work or mobility work or, or endurance work. And this way you can get, you know, six workouts a week um, yeah. if, if that's something that you want to do. Yeah. But uh, you shouldn't lift kettlebells every day. Every day. Give yourself at least one day break, you know, between each workout. Nice. Now, hip hinge, right, is something that not, not many people get it right. So what do you think is the easiest way to get and how do you teach the kids that come to you right now? Uh, and if he's a beginner, if he's a, you know, a total beginner, how do you teach them the technique of doing the hip hinge and cleaning the kettlebell up? Uh, uh, keep, uh, uh, hip hinge, uh, you mean just this movement of the swing when you, uh, uh, yep. this drive from the hips? Because a lot of people, uh, uh, try to take it on their lower back or, uh, basically they don't get the movement right. Uh, either they bend their knees or they squat down because it's not a squat, it's a hinge, right? So you're using the muscles of your, uh, hips and your hamstrings, you're lengthening that so that it absorbs and then through that because the uh, muscle is extended it goes like a rubber band and then you pick it up so to get that if it's a not just a kid but even a mid-aged person wants to learn that and because of you know so many years of sedentary lifestyle or not moving in in, in that plane they don't get it right they start going down or they round their back something like that so how do you teach that and is there a technique that because of so many years of training you have figured out well, uh, this, uh, those uh, kettlebell sport exercises, uh, long cycle, jerk, snatch, 
<clears throat> so they have uh, multiple phases. Uh, like the way I specify it is like long cycle have 24 uh, phases. Uh, you, you, like I even have it here on my uh, my, well, my 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 graphics of long cycle and uh, and snatch. Uh, and so uh, there's more than the hip hinge in uh, in uh, long cycle. I kind of I'm trying to uh, not be too hard on my students and really kind of make them do uh, what you know I think is like they 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 needs to go well. Uh, I like to watch first. Again, thanks to now varieties of kettlebells uh, that it's very light. I'm letting them try. I mean, I'm explaining the basic technique. I demonstrate, and then I'm letting them try. And then I start to see the missing components because uh, some of people, they have just a sense to it. And they are, <clears throat> maybe they, like if it comes to girls, you know, maybe they had uh, some dancing background. So they have a flexible you know, hips and pelvis, and they they familiar with this movement. Um, even guys, you know, if they did some some other sports, uh, uh, and they maybe have problems with something else. Maybe they have problems with the uh, with the second dip or under squat, and right. that's what we'll be working on now. Some people are uh, uh, stiff with it, uh, and then <clears throat> when I saw it, I don't have uh, like some particular mm-hmm. exercise or mm-hmm. uh, drill. Besides, you know, practicing swing to to teach this movement, and even like I saw some guys doing it, you know, maybe with elastic bands, you know, teaching to move the the, the hips and pelvis forward. Uh, but I feel like it's a um, uh, a bit of a process that you need to understand, uh, because even if you are a very stiff person. Uh, you still can do this movement <clears throat> if you will understand why you need to do it. You maybe will have a shorter range of motion, but you still will, 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 will use your, um, you know, this, uh, your, your hips and the pelvis to, to benefit the swing. And, uh, I'm just, uh, me, uh, kind of my teaching is a mix of, uh, explanation, uh, demonstration and practice. And of course, mobility routine, you know, it's the basics, you know, we do a hip rotations, you know, pelvis cup rotations, we do a pelvis rotations. So I kind of learned them to, in general, be able to move their pelvis and spin it, you know, around drawing a circle, circuits. Uh, so general mobility, uh, mobility stuff when it comes to, um, the lower body, because it's also might be a hamstring. Hamstring tension, hamstring so tight, you know, not only upper connection on the glute, but also under the knee. And that's what makes it like super steep and for people hard to straighten the legs on the end of the back swing because hamstring is so tight. Mm-hmm. Foam rollers, uh, kind of, you know, basic stuff that goes, you know, after kettlebell sport, uh, uh, routine, uh, uh workouts. And then, uh, uh, well, swings, uh, swings itself, uh, it's, it's, it's a good exercise, but I'm, uh, not doing much of a swings only with my students. We usually just go for cleans and we just, uh, we just practice because we're trying to, it's, it's also the matter of your arm position, you know, you're twisting your thumb back or you're not, your elbow connection, you need to, to benefit from this hip drive. You first need to attach your forearm to it. And if you cannot attach your forearm to it, it's even not much sense in your hip drive. 
so I mean, there are several things around it, uh, you know, involved uh, because it's not only you be able to do this movement, it should actually uh, do some good to your lifting. It should be um, effective. Um, mm-hmm. um, so that's why it's, it's your posture, it's your arm, uh, arms connection. And uh, we just, uh, well, I would say that um, again, someone just can get it right away, but uh, even if person have some troubles with that, usually one, two weeks of practice uh, of easy cleans and long cycle plus mobility routine. And they usually getting it by the end of their first one, maximum second week. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, Dennis, do you think kettlebell training helps athletes in their performance? Not particularly kettlebell athletes. But let's say any other sport, uh, like how y- you would see um, well, NFL athletes doing maybe squats or benching or maybe some cleans to improve their power or speed. So do you think uh, a kettlebell clean and jerk or maybe a snatch would help them in their sport? Absolutely. Absolutely. Any athletes who do a, we'll call it a functional, functional perf- type of performance, uh, and we're talking here about uh, games, all kind of games, uh, baseball, football, soccer, baseball, all kind of games where you need to move quickly and change direction suddenly, explosiveness. Uh, kettlebell sport is great. Uh, all kind of uh, uh, martial arts. Yeah, all, all kind of martial arts. It's what we're talking about, the mixed fights, uh, boxing, uh, uh, judo, uh, karate, uh, it's, it's, it will be really, really helpful, kettlebell sport for sure. And actually, uh, I know many, um, uh, wrestlers and, and, uh, mixed, uh, mixed martial art, um, athletes who's, who's doing kettlebell sport, um, uh, for their GPP, general conditioning. <clears throat> and then, um, uh, cyclic sports, uh, it's, a uh, ski, it's, a uh, well, even even it's a running, uh, it's a it's a, it's a cycling. Uh, I I see you know benefits of kettlebell sport uh, uh, to their performance. Um, maybe not as much for uh, like strongman type mm-hmm. of uh, you know athletes, uh, powerlifting, uh, uh, even Olympic weightlifting. Uh, these guys. They have a very uh, tough and particular uh, kind of requirements, you know, of just this kind of absolute strengths, and uh, they probably don't want to develop uh, ability to relax under the weight. It's something that's prohibited in their sports, uh, just by its uh, nature. So. Yeah. Yeah. These guys, they probably don't need it um, that much when like absolute strength, maximum weight on, on one rep type of uh, sports probably don't need much, uh, kettlebell sport. I think it will be a little bit distracting from, for, for them probably. I mean, these guys, they still need the cardio, but, uh, uh, you theoretically can do kettlebell sport as a cardio, but again, I feel like it's, um, you know the the way we do kettlebell sport it's it's very different from you know the way they lifting it and i think they'd rather should go with just some classic cardio exercises you know swimming cycling running uh, 
बातना आता है कैफा बस फोर एंड थ्री पॉइंट्स दैट यू वुड लाइक टू गिव टू एनी एनी बिगिनर्स ऑफ देयर वर लिसनिंग टू दिस थ्री पॉइंट्स टू इंप्रूव देयर कंसिस्टेंसी दैट्स अ वेरी फ्यूअर्स एडवाइस इट्स गो बियॉन्ड कैफा बस फोर यू नो एनीथिंग यू वांट्स टू बी गुड एट बी कंसिस्टेंट विद इट फॉलो द प्रोटोकॉल एंड देन The second one is uh, uh well know what you're doing you know just uh well uh, what i mean by that is just uh, make effort to find uh, a coach or or some tutorial or methodology uh just understand you know what the proper routine looks like because i know some guys who overtrain and they do so much as that actually they going you know their results going down not up because they exhausting themselves so it's it's very important to find the path mm-hmm. uh which one you want to run hard so the proper uh, uh proper uh, training methodology and uh, patience patience and uh, technique also in kettlebell sport this is very important to start light Uh, and establish a proper lifting technique so that will will keeps you safe and at the end that actually will secure your progress mm. so don't be too um, aggressive you know at the beginnings even if you are athletic a strong person uh, just take it easy at the beginning and go light go light you know to the point where almost get boring you know like the moment you get really bored Well, it means that you can increase the weight a little bit, but it never should go opposite way when you grab some heavy bells and then you realize, oh, it's too much for me and I need to take it easy. So that might be a little bit too late. So, mm-hmm. and and now that you are not into serious competitive uh, training, uh, although you you compete right now, but not at a national level where you're representing a country, uh, do you take your time off to do the other type of exercises apart from the three main exercises that you complete like for example a turkish get up or maybe just a swing or you know just playing with the kettlebell like from this hand to this hand the freestyle of training do you do that well my my training routine uh, didn't get any easier it's just a little bit less uh, pressure uh, <laughs> or responsibility uh, you know of uh, uh going on my own but uh I'm working as hard as I used to and uh I'm still uh, uh focused on you know my best uh <clears throat> achieving my best uh, result in whichever training cycle I am and I'm kind of keeping a uh, track of what's going on in kettlebell sport world where the records are even uh maybe I'm not showing up yet for uh well not showing up for uh this um ne- uh how say national uh based uh, world championships where countries represented but I'm competing in world championships for clubs and individuals uh and again that's a kind of like a bit less responsibility or maybe just a more experience of me that I'm kind of not stressed that much anymore but uh I'm working really hard <laughs> still uh and uh I'm not doing much experiments or uh breaks from kettlebell sport well um last year i i gave a shot to double half snatch 
Uh, and I just, uh, it's actually when I uh, learned about it a little bit after Stephanie Dogman reached out to me, the, uh, I came with uh, uh, president, uh, I actually realized that it's quite old exercise. I never done it before, but it's actually even older than long cycle. And that's what just made me interesting to try it. Uh, and because it's, it's, it's beneficial to classic global sport exercises. And then I also um, uh, accept the challenge of uh, Paul McCroy, who invited me to uh, clean and strict press uh, challenge uh, for 10 minutes, which was kind of a little bit further uh, away from like classic kettlebell sport routine, but still competition kettlebell, still at least a clean part, uh, clean part was a kettlebell sport. So I've done that, uh, but uh, that's it so far. And this year, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's uh, March already. And uh, my plan is to, well, next competition is a long uh, biathlon, 32 kilogram kettlebells, and I have one unaccomplished uh, target, uh, which I'm hoping to achieve, and that's uh, this repetition. So, uh, well, long cycle, my main exercise, and I wanted to get 100 reps, and I've done it. And then other two exercises, it wasn't my specialty, but, uh, you know, myself considering as an expert in kettlebell sport uh, or, um, you know, successful athlete, I feel like I need to achieve some, you know, the decent uh, result in this uh, events. And uh, uh, 200 snatches, you know, is considered as a very solid result uh, with 32. And I've done it. I even I've done 213 with 32 kilogram kettlebell. So I'm happy about snatch. Uh, but with jerk, I always wanted to get 150 reps. Uh, and I've never done it yet. I've done 145 twice. I did one, I've done 143, 142, but I always work kind of a couple of reps short for 150 and I still hope that I can do it. And that's kind of my, uh, uh, athletic uh, target for this year. So I'll give a shot on May. We'll see will it work or not. If it's not, then I probably will plan another biathlon training cycle by the end of the year. So, uh, Kind of, I'm trying to stay in long cycle, just in the range of 90 reps, just kind of, you know, maintain this decent plateau for, well, I wouldn't say as long as I can, but uh, I think I can do it for a couple more years. Uh, and then in biathlon, I, uh, I wanted to be over 200 snatches, which I think will work, uh, but I want to hit this 150 reps of jerk. So that's my, that's my target. So it's still, you know, still things to do. Wow, wow! It's really inspiring, and it's really amazing. Uh, it's 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 really so inspiring. At this age, you have such competitive spirit. It's amazing. Uh, last few questions: uh, Why did you move to US um, to train? Like you could have trained in, in in Russia. What was the reason behind you moving? And are you training only kids now, or or what what sort of um clients you get at your gym right now uh well it's um if everything uh kind of comes uh uh together with uh with this uh decision because uh um uh when it comes to uh a, a, a sport then i've mentioned about it before i just uh when when you think about international kettlebell sport success and you, if you look in any other sport, 
uh, it must be uh, uh, inter- internationally advanced. It must be uh, a very decent uh, international competition on the stage. If uh, any country dominates in sport, uh, it just uh, uh, it, it just uh, doesn't really work. If we're talking about possibility of kettlebell sport going to Olympics or I don't know any decent recognition, uh, and uh, uh, I feel that uh, as uh, as stronger the uh, West will be in kettlebell sport, as uh, more popularity. Uh, it will have, uh, and uh, I just feel like I want to um, develop uh, a strong, well, or you know, at least do my best to help establish uh, a strong uh, kettlebell sport community in the United States, uh, uh, because I think that it will really help uh, internationally uh, for kettlebell sport became a really popular uh, sport. Uh, so that's, uh, that's kind of one of the, uh, main reasons. And I feel like it's, it's lots of work here. Uh, it's, uh, uh it's a, a great interest and people are very excited, uh, to learn kettlebell sport, uh, here. So I'm, 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 I'm just, uh, uh, super happy to, to do this work. And then, uh, also I simply, um, I would say, uh, inspiration component i don't know for me california from the childhood always was kind of a you know just a wonderland uh mm-hmm. just so uh you know motivational and, and inspiring you know with like mm, stories of uh of uh success and and in general just it seems like you know it's attracting uh very uh kind of artistic uh, open-minded uh people you know it's just a great spirit of uh of uh um, of a, of a science and exploring and, you know, just inventing, uh, something, something new. And I just, I just, I just feel it here. And I'm, I'm just feel a very, uh, kind of a productive atmosphere here. Just a happy, happy atmosphere, you know, being kind of the sun. It just really, um, motivating me for uh, for a work i just really love this place and i love people here um well even like a john john wild buckley he's uh, um one of my best friends and uh like when we meet even in some people just his whole spirit was so awesome and when i start visiting and joining this orange catalog of competitions it's just i uh, was totally incomparable unbelievable a spirit on this competition so far of a happiness and support and i feel like it's just it's just amazing i think that that's that's what that's all i want to do and that's how kettlebell sport should be mm. um i think it's just a perfect uh perfect model here yeah lovely last question Dennis. do you plan on starting your own certification or a workshop for kettlebell and and teach it all across the globe oh i'm doing it for the last 10 years <laughs> very okay. very actively uh yes it's uh well now with this uh pandemic times last two years um we switched to online which i actually never done before it was uh, only in-person uh workshops or certification but it kind of this uh, whole shutdown was motivational for get uh more comfortable with um zoom and you know uh, all this like uh internet apps uh for distance uh 
teaching and coaching and it's it works pretty well uh it's a, it's a very good success and um uh we actually just a uh, couple of weeks ago <clears throat> finished the level 3 certification together with uh, uh Kimberly Fox, Abigail Johnson and Xenia Dushina uh and last year we did a great course together with uh, Steve Cotter and uh yeah. Sergey Merkulin and uh Sergey Rudnyov uh, and we have a more cool uh events coming this year well i mean my next one i'll be teaching for uh spanish speaking uh kettlebell lifters uh and uh, organizer will be a tessa rusa chile it will be on may uh and then will be a couple of workshops in person uh, in the united states uh and then uh, by the end of the year uh well it's still kind of um, i'm receiving requests uh, so it will be uh, more workshops uh online yeah i i'm running my website it's um it's my name uh then uh my first and last name uh, Denis Vasilev uh Kettlebell. so if someone interested uh, i always keep my front page updated and there are my coming uh courses mm-hmm. uh, advertised there so you can always check what's coming lovely so steve got used to come a lot to india but now he's he's not been coming uh, in the last 4 5 years um uh, do you plan on coming to india ever to teach in in person I'd love to come back. I teach in Mumbai in uh in uh, what year it was? It was 2016. Uh Parak uh, Metro Hero inviting me and we teach that it was a a fitness convention. Uh um I forgot the 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 name of convention. But there were competitions and I did a uh-huh. I did a workshop uh, uh there. So uh, that was that was a great experience. I I like it a lot. Uh, nice. A beautiful country, unique uh, history. Uh, uh, yes, yes. We uh, occasionally in touch with Parak, uh, and um, I'd love to get back on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, probably yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know about this year, uh, but uh, yeah. Of course. I've been uh, well, you see it's a, it's a matter of interest and uh possibility of uh, organize such event and mm. uh if the interest will be uh, will be there so I'm I'm totally happy to come. Yeah. Awesome. So let me be in touch with you for that and ask around in my circle because a lot of people are interested in kettlebell training and if it's coming from uh you know a qualified person like you they would definitely be interested. So let me ask out him. Maybe next year we can make it happen if everything works out well. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dennis. Thank you for all the information that you shared and your personal story as well. It's very, very inspiring. I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this will get inspired to take up kettlebell sport uh, seriously and then work towards it. Um, keep inspiring us, and uh, we all follow you. on your social media now a last question if anybody wants to reach out to you for any sort of coaching do you do that online and where do they reach one is your website but can they reach you on instagram as well yeah instagram and uh, facebook uh that's where i'm always always online and that's the best way for in person well to direct uh, contact just uh send me a message uh, via instagram or facebook that will be the quickest uh, 
And also both of my profiles on Facebook and Instagram have uh, links to my website. Uh, website is a bit more informative uh, resource. Uh, kind of my idea there is just to build a complete uh, information resource for all you need for kettlebell sport. There are lots of uh, free content there, like I self-education page where there are links to all my YouTube educational videos where you can just uh, do your own, uh, you know, educational process and just go through them. Uh, and there are also a schedule of, um, well, not really schedule, but advertising of my coming uh, certifications. Uh, and there are also options of, uh, well, all possible cooperations uh, because, again, now, uh, I do not only in person, uh, coaching and teaching, but online. So you can go with, uh, online, uh, personal training or you can, we can do a coaching. So well, all kind of, uh, you know, possible work, uh, can be done around capable sports. So the web, my, you know, it's organized on my website and, um, yeah, you, you totally can explore it. Lovely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you making time for this podcast and uh, you've been a very sweet person. So that's what I want to share across that although he's accomplished so much and he's a world champion, but still he had the humility to respond to my message and accept my invitation and come on this podcast. So that shows, uh, you know, as you go higher in, in the achievements, you become more more uh, uh, humble. So thank you so much for that, Dennis. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Bye-bye. See you. See you.